When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling World. Welcome to this very exciting episode of Wrestling World because we have some exciting news coming from Sunday night's Fastlane pay-per-view on Peacock. As always, I'm your host, Austin Boyer, and I want to wish you all a very happy Wednesday. I hope you all are doing well. I'm doing great. This past week has been great, and this past Sunday was even better, because we now have the return of the fiend, Bray Wyatt, but we'll get into that later. First off, before we get into anything about the Fastlane pay-per-view, I want to talk about some news regarding WWE. Some breaking news was reported, I believe it was Friday or Saturday, that Andrade has now been released from WWE. He has now been released from his contract, which means he will now be a free agent. And now he will now be eligible to sign wherever he wants. Now, this comes as no surprise, as obvious, he was going to be released. He had requested to be released about a week or two ago, but it was denied. For whatever reason, it was denied. Now, I don't know if if Andrade's contract was set to expire soon. I don't know what the deal was. But I do know now that he has been released. Which, like I said, is no surprise. Because the poor guy hasn't been on television in months. And he he just wasn't being booked. So I I don't blame him for wanting to be released. There was no doubt in my mind that he was probably unhappy. This is a man who could have been valued so much more in WWE. He was a promising star. He was was having great matches with Rey Mysterio when he first came to the main roster. He's a former United States champion. And he deserves better. It, it, It was a missed opportunity by WWE to not use him to his full potential. Because if booked correctly, he could have been the next breakout star. But that's WWE for you. You know they they do this to their talent, and it is what it is. But I wish Andrade the best at everything. Hopefully, he finds some peace wherever he goes. Now, as for Charlotte, apparently Charlotte Flair is now getting paid seven figures in WWE. Now, her plans for WrestleMania have apparently been hidden. I don't know what Charlotte Flair's plans are for WrestleMania. I am under the assumption that she will challenge Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship because right now it's the only thing that makes sense. The storyline with Charlotte Flair and Lacey Evans was apparently dropped. Lacey Evans is now pregnant, 
going to be having a baby soon. So obviously, that's not going to happen at WrestleMania. Which I don't know what their plan was before Lacey Evans got pregnant. I don't know if they had planned for a match at Fastlane. But as for right now, Charlotte Flair's plans for WrestleMania are being hidden. But I assume we shall see more in the next few weeks. So, you know, who knows? But I do know that Rhea Ripley is debuting. She will be debuting on Monday night. For future reference, I am actually recording this episode on Sunday. It, it actually isn't Wednesday, but I will be releasing this episode on Wednesday. So, for future reference, I hope you all have a happy Wednesday. Um, but I am recording this on a Sunday. But I just want to throw that out there in case I confuse anybody. Um, but as I was saying, I do know... Rhea Ripley is debuting Monday night. So we could also see Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. But with being this close to WrestleMania, only two weeks away, I don't see that happening. The only thing that makes sense to me right now is Oscar versus Charlotte. Which, which was being teased a couple weeks ago. Now, I get that Charlotte didn't have a match at Fastlane. Makes sense, because they want to hold off on that match until WrestleMania. So the booking makes sense. But whatever plans they have for Charlotte, I'm sure it'll be something extravagant. She is the daughter of Ric Flair, so anything is possible for Charlotte Flair. As for the debut of Rhea Ripley, I'm excited. Because with Bianca Blair on SmackDown and Sasha Banks killing it on SmackDown with their feud, having Rhea Ripley on Raw on Monday Night Raw would be great because that really shake that roster up. I think the women's division actually right now is doing much better than it was months ago. There's been a little bit of excitement here and there. But I will say my favorite feud right now would happen to be Sasha Banks versus Bianca Blair because I am psyched for that match. And having somebody like Rhea Ripley on Raw kind of evens the odds balances things out because you have Bianca Blair on SmackDown Rhea Ripley on Raw it just makes those two brands more exciting two amazing young women a part of two rosters Raw and SmackDown and I'm excited for Rhea Ripley to debut I'm excited to see what she brings I've seen a lot of her work at NXT. I think she's very exciting. I love the whole gimmick. And I would love to see her and Charlotte Flair go at it sometime soon. I think they would have an exciting feud. Now, I expect Rhea Ripley to get a big push going into the main roster much like they did with Bianca Blair. Because I said when they first brought Bianca Blair to the main roster of SmackDown, I said she would get a big push. I knew that they would push her to the top. So I feel like Rhea Ripley would get much of the same treatment. Because right now, 
I, I think the women's division is, is doing well, but I think it would be better seeing some of these women from NXT come up and to have some new feuds going on. Because with the women's division of Raw and SmackDown, they have the roster to pull off you know, some decent feuds, some good matches. And they can do it. Like I said, I'm already I'm already excited for Sasha Banks and Bianca Blair. If they would do Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley, that would be great. That would keep me and many more fans intrigued to watch Raw, Monday Night Raw, and SmackDown. Like I said, I expect them to push Rhea Ripley to the top. Either her or Charlotte Flair at this point. Not saying Asuka is not a good women's champion. She's had some fair opportunities. But I think right now, I think we need a heel Charlotte Flair back. I think we need Rhea Ripley to come in as a babyface. Make her the top babyface of the company. Of, of, the, of the women's division of Monday Night Raw, rather. And I think that really shakes things up. I'm not saying they should make Charlotte Flair a, 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 a heel because... I mean, I am saying that, but I just, I just don't care for her as a, as a baby face. I'd rather boo Charlotte than cheer her, honestly. And I think she does more of her better work as a heel on the mic than a, than a baby face. But that's just me. Speaking of people from NXT, I want to talk about the debut of LA Knight, aka Eli Drake. Many of you may know him as Eli Drake in, in Impact Wrestling but now he is an NXT under the ring name of L.A. Knight I'm a big fan of this guy I have always been a big fan of this guy ever since he was in Impact Wrestling under the ring name of Eli Drake I've always been a fan and I'm excited for, for what's to come with him from NXT because he had a great debut last Wednesday. He, he was cutting some good promos backstage, man. And much like his old promos in, in Impact Wrestling. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm excited for this because he's in great shape. He's great on the mic. He can work well in the ring. And I'm hoping that he doesn't stay on NXT for too long. Because I'm hoping that they call him up on the main roster. Because he's just he's so talented. I'm a big fan of LA Knight. Now I will be honest, I don't like the ring name. I don't like the ring name LA Knight. Um, I wish that they would have kept Eli Drake, but probably due to lawsuit reasons, I understand. Um not a big fan of the name, but hey, it's just the name. He's still the same guy. Still the same personality, still the same gimmick. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for what he can bring to NXT. Like I said, I hope he don't stay in the main roster on the NXT brand too soon. I'm, hope, I'm hoping he gets called to the main roster, whether, whether it's Raw or SmackDown. because it would definitely be an exciting thing to happen for Mr. L.A. Knight. And that is just a fact of life, as the man would say himself. Now, guys, on to Sunday night's Fastlane pay-per-view. 
the Fastlane pay-per-view, I believe, started off with Big E and Apollo Crews, if I'm not mistaken. Now, Big E, as we all know, has has been getting a decent push. He's been stuck in the New Day for years. People were begging for a, a, a big push for Big E. Which took years to finally get here, but now he's got it. But not only are we seeing a man like Big E be pushed, but we are now seeing Apollo Crews being pushed as a heel. Under this new gimmick. With this Nigerian accent. And some new ring attire. I'm actually enjoying this. Because it's a different side of Apollo. It's a different side of Apollo Crews that we haven't seen before. And this is a guy who was never really given an opportunity. Sort of like an afterthought. Apollo Crews, he's always had the talent. But he was never given a chance. So not only are we seeing somebody like Big E getting a well-deserved push, but we are now seeing Apollo Crews getting a well-deserved push and they are feuding together. So right now, I think this benefits them both. Because you know, Big E can defend his title. Apollo Crews can get over as a heel. Whether Apollo wins or ends up winning or losing to Big E, I'm assuming this isn't over. I'm assuming maybe they do this at WrestleMania. But regardless... I think this will kind of push Apollo as a, as a heel going forward, feuding with Big E. And what this will do for Big E is it will give him a few title defenses as well. We've seen him defend his title at Fastlane, which was a decent match. They put their best effort in, I'll give him that. It was, it was a pretty decent match, man. Um, they've had their ups and downs, but I'm impressed with um, the booking of WWE recently because we're seeing people like Cesaro being pushed, Apollo, and we're even seeing Shinsuke Nakamura more in singles matches than we have seen in recent years. So I can't say I'm extremely happy about the booking of WWE because as always it could be better but it has been getting better as I've seen in recent weeks. And like I said this this will only benefit Big E and Apollo Crews down the road Biggie he should have gotten a, a push a long time ago I, I think him being stuck in the New Day stable kind of was, was a roadblock for him because he's much more than a tag team competitor before he was with the New Day he was, he was a singles competitor he was doing well but you know, with the New Day, they go from one tag team championship to the next. They lose it, they get it back. And that was all Biggie's career for what, the last six, seven years? And, and that's all they saw him was as a tag team competitor. When, when we saw Kofi get a, you know, a world championship reign and not Biggie was kind of of a letdown because, not, not saying Kofi didn't deserve it because it was well deserved, but. Big E should have got a push. We should have seen Big E versus Kofi for the championship. There was missed opportunities there. Those guys are just too talented to be in a tag team. And people say about the New Day, man. That's one another thing I want to bring up real quick is that 
they've been given so many tag team opportunities, so many tag team titles just placed on them. It's getting old. When they split up Big E from the New Day, they should have just disbanded the whole group completely. Because it's really just not needed anymore. We're tired of seeing the same thing. At this point, like I said before in recent episodes, I would rather see the Usos get another tag team championship or the Viking Raiders if they ever return than to see another New Day tag team title run because it's not needed. Now, I don't know what their plans are for the New Day, but I do know that it, it's gotten still. Now, as far as Xavier Woods goes, I, I don't know what they would do with him. Not saying he's not talented, but I honestly think that him being in a tag team stable is kind of saving him from being released, being thrown under the bus because honestly, you know, Biggie and Kofi are the, are the main stars, the main attraction to the New Day tag team, the New Day stable. And with Biggie being gone and Kofi and Xavier, you know, Kofi can go on a singles run, but see him being in the New Day stable is holding him back. And it could possibly be holding Xavier back. This is something we've already seen before. Give us something new. Give us something fresh. You, you can't better your tag team division if you're doing the same thing over and over. It's too repetitive. That's why I said I'd love to see the Viking Raiders because we need something new. But that's just me. On to the next subject. We saw Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax versus Sasha Banks and Bianca Boy. I'm not going to spend too much on this match because this is kind of predictable. We kind of knew how this match would end. Like I said, I'm in love with this Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair feud. I'm excited for WrestleMania. As far as Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler go, they'll obviously defend their titles at WrestleMania um, against whoever, you know. I don't know what their current plan is for that tag team. I do not care for this Reginald guy. I don't see the point in having him with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler when these two women are dominant heels. Why do they need somebody like Reginald to to help them pick up the win because Shayna Baszler is booked as a dominant heel Nia Jax, is, Nia Jax is booked as a dominant heel why are they having Reginald in their corner to help them cheat the win I get that they are heels but they can do it on their own they don't need somebody like Reginald to help them so the booking there is just is the whole thing there is just kind of buggy to me. Because if you're trying to get Shayna and Nia over as dominant heels, it kind of makes them look bad having you know this scrawny guy in their corner. Because really, that's are we are we gonna see this guy in the ring? Or, you know, what's the deal with him? Um, so it just really doesn't make sense to me. Because looking back on Shayna's career, as good as she was in NXT bringing her to the main roster is as dominant as she was in the beginning. And same thing with Nia Jax, as dominant as she was when she first came to the main roster. Pairing them up as a tag team, they're already, you know, top heels just being a tag team. You know, they're, they're supposed to be this these big badass women. Then they have Reginald, which doesn't make any sense. I don't really know, but I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to spend too much time with this. All I know is we're getting Bianca Blair versus Sasha, which which is getting exciting. It's getting more heated, so we'll see where that goes. 
Okay, we also had Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke. And like I said, we are seeing more of Shinsuke Nakamura. We are seeing more of him in singles matches. To me, I thought this was a great match. I honestly thought this was better than the McIntyre versus Sheamus match. Honestly, because this match was you know, more technical. I'm not a big fan of the... I mean, I am, but I'm not a big fan of the no holds barred matches because Sheamus and McIntyre, they've had last man standing matches. They've had numerous matches on Monday Night Raw. So seeing this no holds barred match, to me, it wasn't really exciting because we've already have seen them go against each other on Monday Night Raw several times. But this match with Seth Rollins and Shinsuke... I liked because it was, it was it was a wrestling match. It wasn't nothing special. It was no Hell in a Cell. It was no Steel Cage. No Falls Count Anywhere. Nothing like that. It was it was Shinsuke with his strong style. Seth Rollins, you know, being who he is, it was a decent match. Um. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed this match very much. Now, I'm kind of curious how Seth Rollins is going to get over as a heel with this gimmick. He was the Monday Night Messiah. I do wish he would go back to that old heel gimmick back in, you know, when he was aligned with Triple H as the architect, the heel that he was before, you know, the whole Messiah gimmick, the whole, this gimmick he got going on now. Um, it's just hard for me to get behind it. Because I am so used to seeing the old Seth Rollins. And in the beginning when he got the whole Messiah gimmick, I was, you know, I was kind of down for it. But it's kind of gotten old. I think the whole Buddy Murphy, Rey Mysterio storyline kind of turned me away from it. Because you know they drug that storyline on and on and on for for months, and by the time it was over with, I got I got bored with Seth Rollins. And I don't know if anybody else else felt that way, but to me, I was bored. So I think Seth Rollins with this current gimmick he has now. I don't know if it's because there's no fans in the arena. I, I just I don't know. I, it's hard for me to get behind it. He's a good wrestler. He's good on he's you know good on the mic. We know we can cut a promo because we've seen him cut hill promos in the past. I wish you would go back to that old Seth Rollins, the old hill Seth Rollins, not this whole Messiah gimmick that we're seeing now. Just regular old hill Seth Rollins, I think, would be better. And I think this gimmick would work better if he didn't feud with Rey Mysterio for so long that just dragged on and on and on. That's just me. Um, I'm sure many of you remember how bad that feud was. They turned it into a a big family feud, and then it was like a Jerry Springer type deal with with Buddy Murphy and Rey Mysterio's daughter. But by the time they got over with everything, it was like, man, I can. It's hard for me to get behind Roman, not not Roman, but Seth. <laughs> Seth Rollins. When he came back, I wasn't sure if they would turn him, keep him a heel, if they would, you know, turn him babyface again. I did notice that when he came back to SmackDown after having his child, he had the old theme music, which kind of made me wonder. When I first heard the theme music, would he be under the Messiah gimmick or the you know, the old Seth Rollins babyface? But Apparently, they're still keeping him a hill, which would work, like I said, if he was under the architect gimmick, but whatever. Um, but it is what it is. I'm, I'm just glad Cesaro is getting a push. It's much deserved. It's, it's good to see Cesaro back in, in, in singles action after being forced in one tag team to another. He's a talented individual he deserves it 
Um, but now I want to talk about the McIntyre versus Sheamus match, which, like I said, I sat through it, I watched it. To me, it was very um, boring. You know, um, fans liked it, whatever. But um, and again, I see why fans like it. But I, to me, it was very reminiscent of what we've seen in the past from Sheamus and McIntyre. Whenever this could have been just a normal match, nothing exciting, and they still could have put on a good show just in a singles match because they both are good workers. They both can work. The matches that Sheamus can put on are very good. I don't think I've ever seen a Sheamus match that I didn't like, except this one this Sunday. Um... Just because of the stipulation, it wasn't really the match itself. It was the whole no holds barred thing. Going through announcer tables and stuff, it was very repetitive. We had, we had seen this going into Fastlane. We had seen it on Raw a few times. Um, if they would have held off on all these type of matches until Fastlane, I think it would have been a lot more exciting. Because we were seeing Drew McIntyre and Sheamus go at it on Monday Night Raw several times. And, um, and these types of matches. And I think if they would have just held off on these no-holds-barred matches, these last-man-standing matches or these, these types of matches, I think it would have been way more exciting to watch. But you get what you get, though. Um, obviously, McIntyre will go on to face Lashley at Wrestlemania, which will be very exciting. Assuming Lashley wins and goes on to defend his title and gets a decent title reign and McIntyre, you know, stays McIntyre, which I'm hoping that they, they soon will find a way to turn McIntyre heel. Which I, I mean, I don't know. They could keep a baby face, but I, I just I prefer him as a heel. I, I don't know. He he just does better work as a heel to me. He, he's doing well as a baby face. It's just I don't, I don't know. I can't get behind him on the mic. I'm so used to him being a heel. He was a heel for the majority of his career in WWE. I just think his his promo skills are better as a heel, in my opinion. He's a good worker. Don't get me wrong, but. Um, he's a better heel. But like I said, to me, the the Seth Rollins Shinsuke Nakamura match was exciting to me because it was much more of a wrestling match than a, a no holds barred or anything like that. And those are the type of matches I like. It's just a wrestling match. Call me old school. Say you know, say whatever. It's just I feel when those no holds barred matches happen, everything is very repetitive. We've seen people go through tables. We've seen McIntyre and Sheamus hit each other with steel steps. We've seen all that. What else can they do to up the ante? They're both. You know, great wrestlers. I would I would rather see them in a in a wrestling match than to see them in any, anything like that. But that's just me. Okay. Um, so I want to talk about the fiend Bray Wyatt. As many of you may know. He returned Sunday night, finally. Now, rumors have been going around that he will return. This comes as no surprise to me. Which kind of does. You know, I, was, I, I wanted him to return Sunday night. I was expecting him to return at WrestleMania. But I wasn't shocked to see him return at Fastlane because I didn't realize how close we were to WrestleMania. 
and with rumors going on that he will be facing Randy Orton in a Firefly Funhouse match going around, it makes sense. Now, like I said, these are just rumors. I don't, I don't know for sure if it'll be a Firefly Funhouse match. But I'm guessing from the booking, the recent way that this storyline has been going, there's no doubt in my mind it will be a cinematic match of some sort. It will be very supernatural, out-of-the-box type deal, something we've seen last year with John Cena in the Firefly Funhouse match. And with Bray Wyatt having the gimmick, the type of character that he does, I wouldn't expect anything less. There's always that Firefly Funhouse element involved, the Firefly Funhouse character that can be used as well. But this match with Alexa and Randy Orton, it was very supernatural as many of us expected. We don't see too many intergender matches in WWE. But I don't think many of us expected Randy Orton to fully get his hands on Alexa Bliss and, and, and beat the hell out of her. So a supernatural type match like this does make sense. You know, we've seen in this match, we've seen her throw fireballs at Randy Orton, much like she's done in the past, throwing fireballs at Randy Orton. We've seen the, her make the lights fall off the, the you know from the the top of the arena, you know, the lights falling off. Um, it, it was it was crazy. But what that tells me is that Alexa has just as much power as the fiend possesses. Does she control the fiend? Is she more powerful than the fiend Bray Wyatt? I don't know. But this match, you know, it was kind of silly as most of us kind of anticipated. Like I said, nobody really expected Randy Orton to put his hands on Alexa Bliss. Going into this match, it was kind of obvious what was going to happen. That Bray Wyatt would be making his return. The, the setup to this match was just too obvious. Um, like I said, if they, if they would have had him return to WrestleMania, it would have made sense too. But this was a pretty decent return. It would have been better if the fans were in the arena. But the way Bray Wyatt returned from under the ring was great. Now, much like, much like we all expected, Bray Wyatt returned with his mask all deformed and burnt. Some are comparing this some are comparing this to Jason Voorhees. Something out of Friday the thirteenth. And saying that this is much like Jason Voorhees coming out of his grave. Which I can definitely see the comparison. This is something different. I'm assuming this is only temporary though. I'm assuming this new mask and new attire is only temporary for this feud. But that, then again, I'm only, I'm only assuming. I don't know. But I, 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 hard for me to believe that this is permanent. I do like the original Fiend mask. Maybe this could be a new element added on to Bray Wyatt's character. You know, we could have Funhouse Bray, Cult Leader Bray, now even maybe Zombie, Swamp Bray, whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call this new version of Bray Wyatt we've seen Sunday night. It definitely has... Bray Wyatt is definitely showing the effects from the TLC pay-per-view. He has the burnt mask. He has new ring attire, the deformed face. Everything. And him coming up from under the ring 
I guess it's supposed to symbol. I'm assuming it's symbolizing that he's ro he rose from hell. That he has now risen. Which I'm assuming he is now stronger. Like I said before, this his character, you know, reminds you of something out of a horror movie. Much like Jason Voorhees. Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger when they die they always come back stronger this is something we could possibly be seeing with the fiend now the fiend was supposed to be this unstoppable force obviously Randy Orton he got rid of the fiend for a few months the fiend came back so the fiend yes he's he's made now have shown a weakness but is he now stronger? And if so, what strengths does he possess? And does he have any weaknesses? How is he stronger? How is he better? But I'm very excited for this dude because they, Alexa Bliss and Van Yorton, I give them props for holding carrying this dude on their back for the last three months and the fiend Bray Wyatt's absence and he's been off the TV for three months and Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton have carried this feud and they have made it exciting which three months is a long time to feud three months and any type of feud can be restless it can be tiring it can be boring but the reactions that Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton are getting have been great which is something you rarely see in a feud that's lasted for three months. Because fans, much like myself, tend to get tired of the same thing lasting and going on and on and on. Especially with no fans in the arena. That's what's hard to keep a storyline going and people intrigued is that there's no fans in the arena. But when you tell a great story like Alexa Bliss is doing and Randy Orton is doing, then it works. It will work. And given the history that Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton have, you know, with Randy Orton burning down Sister Abigail in the Wyatt compound, the history that they have together is amazing. So there's already a backstory, which which makes this story even better. And then having, you know, Bray Wyatt be off of TV for three months is sort of like a refresh to his character. You know, you don't want to overuse a character too much because then the fans tend to get bored. When they tend to overuse them, fan, you know, fans get restless. They get tired of seeing the same person over and over and over. So this is kind of a break from The Fiend. And now fans miss him, so now we're even more intrigued with seeing this new version of The Fiend. Because not only have we missed The Fiend because he's been off of TV, but now we get to see this new version and what this new version of The Fiend is like. My question is, will we see the Firefly Funhouse again? I'm assuming we will. I'm assuming that we will see the original Bray Wyatt, of course, but I mean, will we be seeing a new version of a Funhouse Bray Wyatt because The Fiend was affected by the fire. But does that mean that Funhouse Bray Wyatt was affected by the fire as well? Because we haven't seen the Firefly Funhouse in three months. We haven't seen Mercy, Huskis, Abby, Rabbit, Rainbow and Rabbit. We haven't seen anybody. Now we have seen Alexa Bliss in the Firefly Funhouse in that circle teasing the Fiend's return. So that tells me that the Firefly Funhouse still exists. Like I said, is Bray Wyatt affected 
and what we'll be seeing. But I am very intrigued, much like everybody else. And in much respect to the people that have prepared this new mask and costume of Bray Wyatt. As, as they put in so much hard work to do this, uh, when I seen this new mask and everything, I just thought to myself, man, how long did it take to make this? But you can tell they put in so much effort of making this great. And Bray Wyatt being off of TV for so long, it was worth the wait. As impatient as everybody was getting, it was definitely worth the wait. Now, like I said, this is probably only temporary. We probably will see the original theme mask soon. Now, I don't know if we'll see a Firefly Funhouse episode coming soon. I'm kind of curious as to see whether we do see a Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania, depending on what direction WWE wants to go with this. WrestleMania is only two weeks away, so I expect an announcement to be made soon. And how will Alexa Bliss play into the storyline? I know Alexa Bliss, she's played a big part in the storyline ever since she's aligned herself with Bray Wyatt. So even if there is a Firefly Funhouse match, Alexa Bliss will play some type of role. I would like to see Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania in her own type of match. Even if she still is involved in a, in a Firefly Funhouse match or in a match with Bray Wyatt at all. I would like to see her in a match of her own. But being that WrestleMania is only two weeks away, there's been no build. There, with Alexa Bliss, there's only been Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton in a storyline. Which kind of sucks because I, you know, I wanted Alexa Bliss to win the Women's Royal Rumble. I wanted her to go on to face Asuka. With her having that dark, twisted gimmick that we've seen in the past, it, it would have been cool, but Bianca Blair deserves it, as always. Um, so I'm not disappointed. Alexa, she's, has, she's told a great story. The only problem I see with Alexa is that, that the fact that she's so um, out of character on Twitter. You know, Sometimes we see her in character, sometimes we see her out of character, which is okay. Um, is a little bit of a problem because it takes a little bit of that, you know, that spark away. But um, like I said, you you can't expect people to be their characters twenty four seven. Um, but there are ways of protecting your character and keeping it legit, keeping you know that spark alive, keeping the flame going. But as as far as what I'm seeing, Alexa's killing it. You know, she's doing great. Many people, have, you know, want to believe Morgan to go into a new role as Sister Abigail, but Alexa Bliss is doing much better, so I'm very pleased. There was a rumor going around that, um, speaking of Liv Morgan, a rumor going around that Liv Morgan and Bill Dallas are now preparing for life outside of WWE, excuse me. Um, <laughs> which comes as no surprise, um, but it was rumored that Bo Dallas would return with Bray Wyatt under some type of new gimmick, which rumors are rumors. I, I wasn't expecting this, but I kind of thought, hey, it would be nice to see Bo Dallas with his brother. It, w it would be nice to see Bo Dallas return to the ring with all these new releases going on, with Andrade being released, you know, Lars Sullivan in the past, it makes me wonder, you know, will we see Bo Dallas in the ring again? Or will he just wait till his contract expires and be released? I don't know. But it sucks to see somebody like Bo get wasted because it makes me wonder if we're gonna see any more releases. You know, Aleister Black is somebody else who we haven't seen in a good while. Same with Drew Gulak, we don't really see him anymore either. Um, but it does make you wonder 
Okay, moving on to Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. I didn't get to watch the last match, honestly, but I did see highlights from it. Um, apparently, this is now a triple threat match, which I'm not very pleased with. You know, with Edge winning the Royal Rumble, we were promised Edge versus Roman. It's kind of a letdown seeing it be a triple threat match to me because... I would rather see a spear versus spear match, you know, top heel versus, you know, Edge, one of the hardest working guys in the company. Roman Reigns being the top heel and Edge, you know. But uh, it is what it is, man. Um, but it just it takes some of that excitement away from this match because what we were all expecting going into this match was Roman versus Edge. Not a triple threat match. I get that they want to do something with Daniel Bryan, but they've had opportunities with Daniel. They've had how many months to build up something for WrestleMania. They haven't done nothing with him. Um, which kind of sucks for Daniel because a few years ago, you know, Daniel was the top guy in the company before he retired. Um... But this really isn't needed. I know they do the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. They could have had him in there. And they could have had him win it. So that's something they could have done with him. Um, but this is a big letdown for me. Because this this wasn't something I, I was really excited for. I was looking forward to Edge versus Roman. Much like everybody else. Excuse me while I take a drink real quick. But yeah, um, I was, you know, under the assumption we would get Edge versus Roman. Not a triple threat match. And what this does is that it only means that, you know, Daniel Bryan is, is in this match to take a pin, take the pinfall. I don't see Daniel Bryan walking away with the championship. I see Edge walking away, if anything. If it doesn't happen, then Roman Reigns, you know, could walk away. But So to me, it is very pointless to, to uh, put Daniel Bryan in this match. I get that they want to protect Roman. They want to protect Edge. Whatever, but... Roman taking a pin at this point and losing would not hurt him. You know, um, he's a strong heel, and he would, he would bounce back from this. Losing to somebody like Edge isn't a bad thing. And it only means that, you know, Randy, that Roman Reigns can get it back in the near future. So Roman losing to Edge isn't a bad thing. So that's why I said it, 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 this match, being a triple threat match, to me is kind of silly. Whenever it could be a singles match and Roman can, you know, put Edge over and and it would be, you know, a, a decent match. Honestly, it w wouldn't hurt Roman. Having a match against Edge would be, kind of be a cool thing, I think, for Roman because Edge is such a high-profile star. Now, apparently, they're saying Edge turned heel. He hit Daniel Bryan with a chair or something. Um, so I don't know what direction they'll go with this. I'm assuming Edge will still be a babyface going into this because Roman already is a top heel. So turning Edge heel at this point wouldn't make sense. Now Edge in the past was a good heel, a great heel. And he was nicknamed the ultimate opportunist. They could just be going back to that whole gimmick. They could keep Edge still a babyface. But give him kind of heelish, you know, characteristics, heelish traits. Um, but he could still be a babyface and still pull off, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, like I said, it wouldn't make sense for them to 
turn edge hill whenever Roman is already the top hill. But I'm for it. I mean, as long as Edge wins, I'm I'll be excited. Edge deserves it. You know, being retired after all these years, he definitely deserves something. He's made the biggest comeback of 2020, and and I'm I'm excited for Edge championship reign because chances are this will be his last championship reign. Eventually, I do see him putting Roman over in a big way. I don't think it'll be WrestleMania. Maybe the next pay-per-view. Well, no. Well, I mean, I do see Edge having you know a few title defenses here and there. But um, I do see Roman getting the title back, even if he does lose at WrestleMania. Depending on if he loses, which I'm assuming, but who knows the booking and whatever they do. But uh. Sometimes I throw a curveball, but who knows. But, um, yeah, I, I, as long as Edge wins, that'll be cool. But, um, man, WrestleMania is shaping up to be a big card. Now, there is, you know, Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon rumored, too, as well, which is a match that. I don't think anybody asked for a match that's not needed. Um, it's already boring. <laughs> this is definitely something I don't want to see. We don't need to see Shane in every WrestleMania. The last thing we need to see Shane... The last thing we need to do at this point is see Shane McMahon in another ring. When there are far more superstars in the back that are far more deserving than to see Shane McMahon in a wrestling ring. There's guys not even on the roster right now, and we're seeing Shane McMahon in a WrestleMania match. I get that he's the boss's son, but come on. We, this is not needed. This isn't really doing nothing for Strowman either, but, but you know, Strowman, this is the way he's been booked for the last few years. And then they turn Strowman heel, they turn the babyface back to heel. Again to a baby face They have no idea what they're doing with Strowman Braun Strowman No idea at all And them booking this match with Shane McMahon Tells me right there that they don't have no big plans Going on for Braun Strowman going forward And probably no no big plans for Elias either Because what we've seen Sunday night We've seen you know Elias get squashed by Strowman And then, and then Elias doing all these musicals and, and shit up at WrestleMania. What's, what's that doing for him? He's not having a big WrestleMania match. Has he ever? Because anytime Elias has been at WrestleMania, it's always been him taking the backseat to somebody else. Elias was a top heel. I think on Monday Night Raw was a great heel. They dropped the ball. He was a good baby face. They dropped the ball. They have no idea what they're doing Elias right now, but he's putting others over. Yeah, but what's he doing? He's turned into the Baron Corbin of Monday Night Raw, basically at this point. Because what are they doing with Baron Corbin? Absolutely nothing. Which he was better off in NXT. He was he was a decent heel in the beginning when he came to the main roster, but whatever. I don't see really much exciting about Baron Corbin. I'm not a big fan of him in any way, regardless. But Elias, who I think at this point should drop the whole musical gimmick and, and do something else. It's just not working anymore. It doesn't have that same effect as it had when he first came to the main roster. It's time to drop it and have Elias just be a heel and, and do something else. It's just not working. It, it, it doesn't even matter if you put him on Raw and SmackDown. It's just not working. But it is what it is. Hopefully they find something for him. I don't know. But, um... Guys, that's the, the Fast Lane review. Um, 
I appreciate you guys listening as, as always. Fastlane was a decent pay-per-view. It had some ups and downs, but I think it was pretty decent. Let me know what you guys think. Give me a listen every Wednesday. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate you guys all the time. I have so much more in store for these podcasts. God bless you and have a nice night. Have a great day. Bye.